Welcome to this episode of Left Behind Game Club. This week, we take a crack at Sucker Punch's Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. Now, Sly Cooper was a fun game, but Jacob, for some reason, got really fired up on a certain turret sequence. I'm not a developer by any means, but any time to me there's a turret sequence, I just question, why the hell is there a turret sequence? Does anyone in their lives... Name a turret sequence. I can name one. And sorry, turret sequences are like the one thing we haven't talked about in this podcast. But like to take a Peter Griffinism, it grinds my freaking gears. The uh, only turret sequence I can think of in games that is good is the turret sequence from the original Halo Combat Evolved where you're literally trying to escape the Halo as it's blowing up and you're in a car on the back of a Warthog. Only turret sequence that's any good. Can you think of another? You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm one of your hosts today, Momer Toddy, and with me, I got one of my best buddies. One guy is missing, but today we do have Mr. Jacob McCourt. I'm here to talk about a video game. A, a pretty sly game, if you ask me, and one hey. of my personal favorites. Um, one of the games that I started playing back in the day and absolutely loved, and... In our Discord channel, uh, we had some people also recommended it. Uh, Kevin Rayburn, who was also a previous guest, gave us a little shout-out saying, Hey, try Sly, try Sly. So today we're playing Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus, which came out in 2002 on PlayStation 2. Um, and also eventually came out on PlayStation Vita. And spoiler alert, one of the guests today actually played it on the PlayStation Vita. Uh, this game was developed by Sucker Punch, those fine folks over there. And kind of was one of the first games besides I would say Spire of the Dragon that made me stick with the PlayStation route going from PlayStation 1 to 2 to PSP to PS3 and now to PS4. Uh, Jacob, what did you really know about Sly Cooper before we played it? And uh, tell us a little bit about your little contraption you were playing it with. Sure. So uh, I played Sly Cooper on the PlayStation 2 when it first came out. Uh, I got this uh, I got a PlayStation 2 to play this game. So I was not a PlayStation household. I was a Nintendo household. And back in the early 2000s, I was like, you know what? I'm going to trade in some of my Super Nintendo games and some of my Nintendo 64 games so that I can afford a PlayStation to be able to play Jack and Daxter, to be able to play yes. Sly Cooper, and then play Ratchet and Clank. So I got it in 2002. I played this game on a in my basement in the corner we had this huge wood cabinet and in the wood cabinet was a 13 inch tube tv that had a vcr built into it got those rca cables hooked it up right in the front <laughs> and played sly cooper and the thievius raccoonus uh my second time playing through it and this time as you alluded to i played it on the playstation vita wow um graphics wise was it better than you remember? Was it as good? Was it a little weird because of the small screen? How did you feel with the, that little console? I would say that the game hasn't aged particularly well as far as the graphics go. Uh, but I was surprised at how well it held up given that at this point uh, I played it 
as I said, on the Vita, it's in a collection of games that includes the first and second ones on the cart, and then the third you have to download, uh, developed by Sensaru Games. Uh, the color was great, but the graphical fidelity was not what I remembered. Yeah, and speaking of graphical fidelity, this game kind of stands out to me, at least, in terms of like the way it looks and the way it's animated. It's very bright colors, poppy colors. It's almost like a graphic novel. Um, I would even say it's like the Wolf Among Us-style color palette. But it's a 3D adventure game where you're running around, jumping around. It's not like the, the Wolf Among Us. Is that fair? I think that's totally fair. And what I really loved, and it's something that I think sets up the story really well, is there are these animated interstitials that are like Saturday morning cartoon style that set up the story of Sly, his gang, and then the enemies that he's about to undertake. Yeah, and like so I, I vaguely remember it because it did come out in 2002. If I was to look back in time somehow I wouldn't be surprised if I played it in like 2003 or 2004 um, but that was one of the things that kind of drew me to it it was very you had that bright colored animations and those cutscenes, those little snippets the uh, vignettes is that the word yeah uh, th- those were I felt really well done and most of the time they're almost still images with some kind of movement but then the voice acting the characters you kind of grow to fall in love with them they became like the, like you said, the, the Saturday cartoon style. You wanted to see what Sly, Murray, and uh, Bentley and Bentley were up to uh, most of the time, and you kind of grow to them. Each one has their unique character. So, Jacob, what is Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonist, the game? How would you quickly explain it to someone in an elevator ride? So if I were in an elevator, uh, I would say that Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonist is a third-person stealth platformer. Uh, that takes a lot of the elements from games, other platforming games, uh, like you said, Spyro the Dragon, uh, like Ratchet and Clank, like Jack and Daxter, um, but adds like very, um, I wouldn't call them intense, but like very deliberate stealth elements. So you're a master thief uh, that has many different moves, and the whole goal of the game for you is to recover your family's Thievius Raccoonus, which was a book that was stolen from your family um, by the evil Clockwork. And you find out more about Clockwork and his gang, but essentially, in a nutshell, um, it, that, that's the game. Yeah, essentially, and with that Thievius Raccoonus, it was split up into five pieces, and each piece is, I guess, being guarded by a final level boss of each world that you visit. So, you have five different worlds, end of each world, you have a boss, beat a boss, you get a portion of your Thievius Raccoonus, which gives you the history of your illustrious family, and also unlocks, I guess, a new ability on how to thieve. Um... So that's essentially it. To kind of jump right into the, the game itself, we catch ourselves as Sly. Um, he's kind of running around, and this is like the intro level, learn the mechanics, learn how to jump, move around, and you're tasked with the objective of stealing the, I guess, detective file from a police officer who's been chasing you down your whole life. That way they can't, I guess, find you and things like that. And that's where they kind of introduce the hopping on ledges, pouncing from point to point, which to me... I'm going to say it right now. I feel like it's the total inspiration for Assassin's Creed because the movement on ledges, the jumping from point to point, it, like, it just felt so... It, it, I'm a huge fan of Assassin's Creed, and when I play this again, I'm like, hmm, maybe some super fans of Sly Cooper went onto that development team and kind of added a little bit of those mechanics in there. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the initial jump set. You steal your 
your detective file, you find out that Detective Carmelita Fox, who's the, I guess, would you say it? She's not an antagonist. She's just like a co... She's like your muse, right? She's like the person that's chasing you down the whole time, Inspector Carmelita Montoya Fox. Yeah. Uh, she is not your main enemy. Your main enemy would be the Fiendish Five, as you alluded to before. Exactly. And Sly being Sly is kind of like hitting on her, slash kind of like poking fun at her to let her know, hey, you're not going to catch me, but you're a sweetheart. If you want to ever do, like, get into relationships, I'm your guy. And she's just like, get away from me, you criminal. I'm going to catch you. I'm going to get you. But that eventually evolves into something else. Which, I should say it right now, once again, this will be a total spoiler alert if we didn't spoil anything already. Um, If you haven't played Sly Cooper and you're planning on to, uh, jump on over, play, and then come on back to the pod and see what we have to say. So, um, I guess, first step, you land in your first world, um, and you're looking for the first portion of the Thievius Raccoonus, which which is protected by evil mastermind little frog. Um, who's guarding, I guess, what would you say it? It's like um, a, like a New York underground-style cartoon world. Fair enough? Yeah, I think the, one of the best parts of this game are the different worlds that are created. I mean, you have to think this game was first released in the early 2000s. Some of the enemy designs for like the, the enemies that you're going to face, and then some of the world designs, to me, is probably one of the two best parts of this game apart from as you mentioned before the the jumping on different like really small points to me like hitting the jump button and then hitting the circle button to do that like that spin jump to hit on the one of the points to me worlds and that feeling are the two best parts of this game and taking down sir raleigh that greedy like frog that is like their their mechanical guy uh that to me was the first thing in this game where i was like cool okay worlds are cool especially for 2002 yeah and i think that's kind of where people were like fell in love with sly cooper was the mechanics were very simple you have your little sickle thing that you're able to swing around and pretty much take out anyone at will and i found i don't know about you jacob well this is later on in the game i guess i kind of felt like most of the i guess uh most of the bad guys you're fighting were somewhat similar. Either they threw something at you or they smashed something down to hit you and it became almost like a timing game. So you can play this game in like a regular rhythm and power through it just by like jumping, jumping, wait for the dodge, jump in, slash. All right, jump, 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 slide, slash. I found myself jumping more than any other game and that was essentially what the game inspired you to do in order to maneuver throughout the game itself. Yeah, and that that jump was very precise, I found. And that's another thing that surprised me. I thought it would be a looser jump. But, like, if there's a example, a guy that's throwing cards at Mugshot's Casino at you, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, like, a you, you jump and then you use your cane strike to beat him down. Uh, that feeling is great. But one thing that, to me, didn't, like, didn't mesh and didn't connect was this game looks like a Saturday morning cartoon. Even when you're in the actual game itself, I would have probably been 12 or 13 when this game came out and yo this game is hella hard i don't know if you yeah well every time you get hit you die it is a one hit game that if you get hit by a card or if you fall in the water or even if you get hit by a laser you're toast you're done i think the only times i might have died were maybe once in a boss fight sorry the clockwork fight i died i think once or twice but most of the time for me it was just jumping off of a ledge being too overconfident and like getting sunk in like a swamp or falling off something that those are the things that usually took me in terms of like uh death wise 
Uh, but I didn't find it that hard of a game. Maybe because I have played it before. I've and w- actually, I should just jump into this right now. I thought I beat it before, but once I got past the crocodile lady, couldn't remember a single thing, including the final clockwork fight. Everything was brand new. I must have played this game and then got distracted by something else and played <laughs> something else my whole life and been telling everyone Sly Cooper is my favorite game. Love it. But really, it was Sly Cooper 2 that I finished. I never played finished Sly Cooper 1, so I did it for the pod, finally. And now I'm an honest man. I can say, oh, Sly Cooper is one of my favorite games, and I actually did play it. Sly Cooper 2 and Sly Cooper 3 are incredibly different games from like a structural perspective compared to that first game. It's like an open-world hub system in the second and third game where you go into different levels, but also you get to play as multiple characters in those next games. So is that what you remember? The one thing I do remember uh, in Sly Cooper 2, was, and that's the one thing I looked up before the podcast just to make sure I wasn't going crazy because when I was playing Sly Cooper 1, I was like, oh, I can't wait till we're able to like use the sickle to hook the keys away from someone's pocket like as you're like tiptoeing behind them. And that never happened. And I'm like, maybe I dreamt it. Maybe I, I wasn't sure. And then I looked it up and it's like, yeah, this is a part of uh, one of the missions in Sly Cooper 2. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm a phony. I've been telling everyone I love Sly Cooper, but I haven't even played the original. <laughs> I I absolutely love that piece of Sly Cooper 2 and Sly Cooper 3 as well. I can even like, and the music is in the first game, but when you sneak up on somebody, it's the and then pickpocketing them to like pull coins, coins, and then keys out of their pocket. Absolutely. You're right. One of my favorite parts of that game. Yeah. And I I know you kind of mentioned maybe this game didn't age well. And I I see what you're saying. It's, it looks like an old classic, like uh, adventure game, but it, it, Let's just pretend it was like cleaned up, super th- like three D animations, high fidelity polygons for for Sly and the gang. Came out with the same story, and no one knew about Sly Cooper. I think it'd be a mega hit because it's very like unique. There's no really like thievery game besides our sneaking game besides Thief? Hitman, Thief, oh, Splinter Cell. Thief. Yeah, I, all I'm saying is they are <laughs> definitely stealing from Sly Cooper. That was the original Thief. His family started it, and everyone's just taking a page out of the Thievius Raccoonus and trying to make their own games. And see, I, I really disagree with you, because I feel if right this on. game came out in, in, in this day and age, uh, with the structure that the game has, people would be like, okay, cool, maybe they'll knock it out of the park in the next one. I think if Sly 2 came out, and oh, there was okay. no such thing as Sly Cooper, people would be like, alright, this game is dope. But Fair, fair enough. Fair the enough, structure yeah. of this game is so boring. It is it is essentially like hey infiltrate the level which is the same in the first so in the first four worlds it is infiltrate the level get three keys get seven keys beat the boss move to the next world yeah it's kind of I, you're you're right it, it kind of is the same thing over and over um and I, I I think the bosses were kind of the only thing that were kind of different but I found most of them to be really easy um. But then again, 2002 game. What do you what do you want from it? You know, it's it's the one that started the 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 3D adventure game saga for PlayStation. I guess it was this one of their first hits. I can't even. I think this would have been one of um, Sucker Punch's first games. Now, they did development, I believe, on the N64. I'm just checking it. Yes, they did Rocket Robot on Wheels on the N64. That was their first game. I don't know if you played that one. No, but I know they did work on Infamous. 
and infamous also has like the traversing on mountain rooftops things like that and that one also i'm going hmm that's definitely the same like 3d model of sly but now it's like in a superhero guy yeah, and then from there, they're going on to develop a, a game called The Ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation 4, which it looks so dope. So amazing. And I I remember when I saw the first trailer, I think it was at that, was it at E3? Yes. I not know. So I'm really bad at like recognizing developers, um, even though I am a developer, but like the companies themselves and what games they manufacture. I just know like the big guys, EA, Ubisoft, things like that. So I remember seeing Sucker Punch and then this Ghost of Tsushima game and going, holy crap, this is going to be an amazing game. Luckily, and coincidentally, I'm like, yep, it's also the same group that made um, Sly. And I'm like, it makes sense. It looks sweet. So they made Sly. They got the the medals on their chest. They got the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> We've done it before. Here they come again with another hit, which I'm hoping, hoping it's a hit. The game is kind of a little repetitive, very old. But did you enjoy any, I guess, of the little mini games? Uh, you mean like the things that weren't the Sly Cooper platforming? Yeah, more like the car driving or like the guide Murray around, take out the bad guys with like a long huh. distance sniper. No, it was all bad. Of... It was all oh, bad. Okay, <laughs> be more blunt. What What was bad? Just annoying because you had to do it so uh, i i wrote down the different activities that you did outside of you know the sly cooper platforming which to me was the core of the game the best part of a game so you would have to do driving levels with murray's car that section of the game sucked there was hacking with bentley that you did once that wasn't great it was like a twin stick shooter there was a jetpack flying thing in the final boss that was not great there was turret stuff like I'm not a developer by any means, but any time to me there's a turret sequence, I just question, why the hell is there a turret sequence? Does anyone in their lives name a turret sequence? I can name one. And sorry, turret sequences are like the one thing we haven't talked about in this podcast, but like to take a Peter Griffinism, it grinds my freaking gears. The uh. only turret sequence I can think of in games that is good is the turret sequence from the original Halo Combat Evolved where you're literally trying to escape the Halo as it's blowing up and you're in a car on the back of a warthog. Only turret sequence that's any good. Can you think of another? One thing I can say is I, I kind of like the change of pace. So it's not just continuous adventure, adventure, jump, dodge a bad guy, swing your sickle, take him down jump dodge it's kind of like hey you've done that for the past like hour here's like 10 minutes to kind of do something else refresh your batteries and then let's go back to the traditional jump jump that's what i kind of liked about it it made it a little bit more than just an adventure game it's like an adventure a puzzle now game Uh, it just it added something else it was like instead of plain chicken you have like chicken with black pepper so it's, (laughs) it's, it's something else some people don't want black pepper some people just want it plain but you know what it's it's probably better with something more than just by itself. To steal your euphemism, I would prefer to have chicken that was like wonderfully cooked and like covered with awesome spices and maybe yeah. a good sauce on the side, but like plain ass chicken. Like, I don't know if I'm about it. And and yeah. that's how I feel about this game. Sly Cooper 2, Sly Cooper 3, add the variety. It's great. But yeah, can you name a single activity, side activity that you were like, yeah, I want more of this? Um, I... <laughs> So I kind of like the the turret missions. <laughs> I, oh, I was staying quiet here. No, I was staying quiet here. I'm like, oh, I don't. So for me, it was more so because like it was more like when you're uh, guiding Murray along, just because you kind of saw his like playful atmosphere. Whenever something came by, he's like, oh no, oh, oh. he was always jumpy. So 
I, I guess the mechanics aren't the most fun, but for me, it was just nice seeing the other characters and doing something with them, um, and like seeing them be part of the team. Because a lot, of, it could have been as easily as like you know, in like a uh, Metal Gear Solid, um, you have Otacon who's always just talking to you, giving you advice, helping you, crucial side person. But like Bentley, kind of like came to the front lines and he kind of helped you out. And you were able to control him. Same with Murray. Your side characters that are helping you are not just text on a screen, not just voices. You saw them kind of be part of the the, the Thievius team that is the Sly Cooper. So that's... I didn't look at it as like, oh, this is just a different way to play a game. It's objectively bad. I was like, you know what? What else does it add? It kind of get, lets you learn about everyone else. That's that's what I appreciated from it. But I see your point that it maybe is a little... The mechanic itself is boring. Maybe it's because I was really terrible at it. And oh. uh, some of the like the well, turret stuff, especially I, I lost the turret stuff and the race stuff so many times. Yeah, so it's and that this is another point for you. They are they weren't the most precisely executed turret sequences and races and light up torches by crushing piranhas. It was everything was very like um, I guess slapdash. Yeah, it was put together. I guess like. This isn't the priority. Let's get the game right, and then let's see how many mini games we can kind of add on to the game itself. But hey, this is that era where like you're throwing everything out there now. There's no patch updates. There's no additional feature updates. This is the full game day one. PlayStation Two. I, I think it was all right. It was all right. Yeah. It wasn't good, but it was all right. Yeah, and a lot of those games, like if you think about Ratchet and Clank, the original Ratchet and Clank, maybe maybe not the original, but like Going Commando, they had a lot of those side missions where it's like, hey, do this turret, like, hey, go around this field and collect these diamonds. I think Jack I, and Daxter was also just, similar I think to that I as well. I found one of the mini games that I like because I'm kind of like eyeballing my notes to see, and I found one, and I, all I wrote was Dance Dance Revolution to get the Voodoo Gator. So when you're fighting the the the, the gator, I guess in the final one of the final bosses, there's a sequence where she's like, you have to dance, or I guess what was it, sing or dance the exact sequence to me, and she'll pretty much spit out like square, square, triangle, and you gotta do like a square, square, jig, triangle. That one was kind of, I guess it was more ridiculous than like good, but it was alright. It was alright. No, I, you know what? I think I want I want to draw the distinction and say like mini games were not good, but boss battles were very good. Uh, and that threw me back. So I'm like a big PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 rhythm game fan. So like, if you want to hit me up with some like Parappa the Rapper, if you want to hit me up with like some Guitaru Man, like let's let's go. Uh, so getting that boss battle where you're just like doing that rhythm yeah, stuff, so that, I was super. That's into exactly. It. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those games. You know, how we ever whenever we play like more recent games, we're just like, oh, where's the boss battle? Where's the good boss battle? I think it's because we've played these games in the past, and they had that was like the main focus. You played the game blah 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 but then you're waiting for that big boss battle and it always came and now recently it's kind of like not really a big deal or i don't know do you, have you played a game recently where you've had a good boss fight or a good boss battle in general relative to the newer games i think i always think back on final boss battles and similar to turret sequences like it is very difficult to execute a final boss battle because you have to wrap up a story and also probably create a memorable experience there are very few games where i can think of and mo i know you're, you're raising your hand you're like i got one i got one uh i'm gonna think of some you tell me your memorable final boss battles and it's another classic that we played on the podcast but with them they had no stories there's nothing to tie up it was shadow of the colossus just take down a bunch of bosses big giant titans i guess and they, a lot of them were very unique there's a unique way to take them down i 
they were sweet to me. I think Jacob, you and Mike weren't the biggest fans of them, but like those were, I guess. And when I like, let's define, I guess, what we look for in our best boss fight. So for me, I'd say my perfect boss fight is something like over and above like gigantic. So either the the boss is way bigger than you, that like the David versus Goliath in a game i love that concept because it's like oh my gosh okay everything's stacked against me here's my like sword here's my bow and arrow whatever it may be and i have to use some kind of trick to kind of immobilize or take down this giant creature or plant or whatever it may be that's what i kind of if whenever i get something like that i'm like okay this is going to be tricky so when we were fighting the frog uh in sly cooper i'm like this one's not the coolest but when we fought the big buff dog that walked on his hands i'm like okay this guy is a little bit more muscular he can squish me just by blinking the wrong way so it's like those are the boss battles that i kind of like and shadow of the colossus for me is like if each game had a boss that kind of resembled one of those that'd be pretty sweet uh, yeah, there are like very few memorable final boss battles. And to me, like I want a final boss battle to be mechanically different and also like story memorable, but mechanically memorable. Yeah. So I'm going to spoil the end of Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, you just fight the Pope. Like you literally have a fist <laughs> fight with the Pope. So like it was not a good boss battle mechanically. Uh, but it was a, a very memorable experience in the end of the game. Um, I think of, and this isn't the end of the game, but I think of God of War 3, where you are literally, like, when the PlayStation 3 was just, when developers were discovering how much power the cell processor had, God of War 3, the initial first boss fight, when you're, like, yeah. climbing on a boss that's, like, 100 times bigger than you, exactly. much like Shadow of the Colossus, it's not the end boss, but the beginning boss, that was memorable as hell. And also mechanically, like, super cool. So, again, for a final boss battle to be memorable, uh, it has to be memorable from what you're doing story-wise and also mechanically memorable. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I can't believe I didn't think of God of War. Like, I think one of the reasons why I really liked those games was a lot of the big fights or the big interactions, they were pretty epic. I think, was it in the first one when you get supersized and you fight Ares? Yeah. He's like the size of a city, and then you get you're able to grow the size of the city and fight him. That final fight wasn't the most mechanically sound; it was kind of weird. Um, but just like the scale of it, how important it was, because early in the game you see him and you're like, "How in any way am I able to take that thing down?" And in the end, they're like, "Here you go. Here are your chips. Start playing the game." That was pretty pretty sweet, I guess, uh, on my end. Yeah, f- final point on the God of War series, and I feel like they do boss battles really well. Maybe at some point on the pod, we'll get to the third game. We've done the first game. If that's something you're interested in, you can check that out in our podcast archives. Uh, but the recent God of War, God of War 2018 that just came out, I will not spoil it because like, God of War is one of the best games of the generation. Let's just leave it there. Um, but the first boss battle against the stranger that you do is what is the most memorable boss battle of the generation. So God of war, great boss battles, um, starting boss battles, uh, particularly well, but Sly Cooper final boss battle, um, bad. The four boss battles that come before that were unique and very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I kind of like the clockwork final boss battle just because it was pretty different from everything else in the game i think it was the shooting that you didn't like um taking him down which i understand it was very like traditional star fox final fight 
Um, is that kind of a good description, I guess, where you're Yeah, playing? it's very much like Andros, like yes, in, that's, like I in remember Star the Fox name. 64, 100%. That, that is a fantastic way to describe it. Yeah, I couldn't remember, but I remember, <laughs> I knew it was Star Fox, and I, I, knew, I remember, like, uh, I want to say, because the only Star Fox one I did was Star Fox Adventures on GameCube, and in the end, I think you kind of get a chance to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what was your favorite boss battle, I guess? Let's, let's kind of go there. Uh, I, I would probably say out of the four good boss battles that I experienced, the one that you had described um, with the with the dancing, um, she was the kind of uh, New Orleans inspired uh, like voodoo, the yeah. voodoo mama. That's a terrible way to describe her, but voodoo mama. Uh, she was my favorite boss battle, but the uh, boss battle against the panda king as well, yeah. where yeah. he was like throwing fireworks at you while you're dodging and he like call almost like punch out where he would call out his moves and you would have to either dodge by jumping or dodge by moving over like that was really badass as well yeah i wish i could remember his like what his moves were called but i think the panda king was my favorite and the best thing about these bosses too is like they tell right before you kind of learn about them they tell you the origin story of each of them and almost all of them were small meaningless like rough like tiny people that eventually just like worked really hard to be super criminals and like finally be like evil um and like i think with the panda king was wasn't he he tried to make some fireworks to like sell and they became like they didn't work too well and people made fun of him so then he started making fireworks to destroy people <laughs> and yeah. was like, oh, okay okay well, a lot we'll of these characters you. from the the fiendish five or what whatever what they're called they're bullied uh, they had like tragic uh origins uh like you said the panda king he was a guy that like couldn't make friends. Uh, even Mugshot was a kid that like got beat up. So he's like, I'm going to work out until I'm huge. And then I'm going to bully everyone that bullied me. And so like, now, some of these are very tragic. And now he has an upper body that's so big that he walks on his front like hands. And his <laughs> feet can't even touch the ground because of how jacked this guy's shoulders are. Shoulders are. Yeah. And, uh, and so the, the Panda King, the moves, I just looked them up really quickly just so you, I would I, I would get your memory going. Fire wheel. <laughs> and that's the Palms kick. of thunder. And that's the strong chop. chop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like them. There's, it was cool that he was like calling them out as if he's been practicing like Kung Fu for like 20 years and he's showing all these moves off. It was. And that's, oh, that's another thing. So each, I guess, boss is located in a region around the world. So the Panda King was in China. Mm-hmm. Um, the gator was in, I think, Louisiana. Um, I can't remember where the frog was. I said New York. Cause it's sort of the frog was in of. Wales. He was like on an oh, island UK. off the coast of Wales. Um, mugshot was Utah. Uh, like in a in in yeah Utah. Utah. And then uh, Ms. Ruby was in the Haitian jungle. And then uh, the Panda King was in China, whereas Clockwork was like in Russia. outside of Russia, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Clockwork was in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clockwork was like was the most oh, – I can't remember. Was there even an origin story for him or was he just like the overseeing bad guy that's lived hundreds of years and has been like tormenting the the Sly Cooper family? Is, does that kind of ring a bell? I'm trying to – Yeah, he's very much like this universe's Ra's al Ghul gotcha. um, for the Batman fans that are out there. So he is this mechanical, immortal, uh, metal owl who has been – killing members of the Thievius uh, of the Cooper family rather for many years and his thing his whole thing is like I 
I wanted to see. So the reason he stole the Thievius Raccoonus is he wanted to see if he could beat a Cooper that didn't have the Thievius Raccoonus. And the whole thing at the end of the game, the, the Coopers, uh, he, I think, Sly says something along the lines of, the Thievius Raccoonus didn't make the Coopers, the Coopers made the Thievius Raccoonus. Saying yeah. that, like, I don't need the book, I can beat you, dog. Yeah, and uh, I guess that kind of leaves the the doors open for maybe a next sequel, because if he is lives on forever, maybe he does make an appearance in a future game, wink, wink. Jacob, you mentioned you played this game on the Vita. Now, I, the Vita is not like any other handheld console. Was there anything different, or did you notice anything while you were playing it on there? Um, so, like I mentioned, uh, you buy the Sly Cooper collection. On PlayStation 3, it comes with all three games. On Vita, I think there was an actual capacity issue with the carts, and they couldn't get all three games on the cart, so you'd have to download Sly Cooper 3. When I bought the game new at, like, a my local game store, uh, the code had actually expired, so I only bought Sly Cooper 1 and Sly Cooper 2. Uh, this is the first time I'd really played a game uh, like in an extended way on a Vita. The only games I've played on my Vita are Hotline Miami and uh, Hotline Miami. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I've had this Vita and I bought this thing and it's been a paperweight in my room. So I figured, hey, let's let's fire this game up. I've played it on PlayStation 2. Can't be different on PlayStation 3. Let's play it on PlayStation Vita. One complaint that I have with the Vita, and it's not something that I've actually seen a lot of, is this system has dual analog sticks Unlike the PlayStation Portable, the PSP and the PSP Go, which had like a single like joy nub almost, uh, this thing was uncomfortable for me to play like in an extended way. So in order to like use the analog stick on the left hand side, I felt like I had to like crunch my hand in a really awkward position and it got really uncomfortable to play for a while. Is this one of those things where, like, maybe it's because the device was, like, meant for a grown man to, like, hold? It's like people playing the <laughs> the 2DS and the 3DS, a.k.a. me, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I can only play for, like, five minutes. I get cramps, and it's like, yeah, because it's meant for a hand half your size. What are you doing, guy? I mean, I have, like, a child-sized hand, so oh, okay. so, maybe, I, so you're the test for the for the actual device's ergonomics. I'm the perfect test market for the PlayStation Vita because I have money and I have child-sized hands, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it, that was my only thing is, uh, the game itself, like I said, it was developed by Sensaru. They did the ports to PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita. They did the Sonic Boom games. They did the Spyro trilogy that just came out on, uh, on new consoles in 2018. Uh, I would say that they did the best they could. Uh, graphically, there was a little bit of chugging, uh, especially with like lasers, weirdly enough. Whenever the lasers came in that the game kind of chugged a little bit. Uh, the camera was weird at times, but they did the best they could and, uh, I I would say if you're interested in playing this game, I would say don't play it on the Vita, uh, but uh, I feel like I'm the only person in humanity that has ever played Sly Cooper on both the Vita and a PlayStation home console. So, Mo, I I prepared a small surprise for you. Um, I want to ask, have you heard of the game PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale? Uh, no, maybe. No, I don't think so. Okay, so this game, I swear it it ties together. So it's also on the Vita, the PlayStation 3, came out in 2012, and it is essentially Sony's Smash Brothers game. Oh, okay. So Sly Cooper is in this game. Okay. But um, as a fun little extra for the Left Behind Quiz Corner, what I would like you to do is if you were making a PlayStation Smash Brothers, 
which characters do you think should be in that game? Now, I want to give you an idea of how many different characters there are in this oh, game. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, there are over 20. Okay. So just tell me, like, just start rattling them off and okay. maybe even say what games or what characters, and I will tell you if they're in the game or not. I, I might try and name some games that I haven't played, but I'm guessing something's from there is in there because it's popular. So let's start off. Um, we're going to have um, Spyro, hopefully. No. Uh, Spyro is not in that game. I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> let's do, no, no. Okay, let's try again. Um, let's do Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Crash Bandicoot is not in the game either. Wow, 0 for 2. Let's do Sly Cooper. Uh, Sly Cooper is in the game, yep. Let's do uh, is Snake in there. Uh, Snake is not in the game. What is this? How is this a PlayStation? <laughs> and all that, um, is, is uh, What's his name? Ratchet or Clank in there? Ratchet and Clank are in this game, yes. Okay. Keep Jack, going. Jack and Daxter? Jack and Daxter are both in this game. Keep going. Cloud from Final Fantasy? Uh, Cloud is not in this game. Okay, strange. Any character, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy? Uh, there are no Final Fantasy characters in this game. I'm drawing complete blanks. I can't, I've named all my, I think what it happened is I named all the ones that I like, and the fact that they're <laughs> not in there, I'm like mentally like, this is ridiculous. Um... Uh, that's give me give me a, give me a one hint to get the ball rolling. I guess. Well, let, let's start with like first party titles that Sony would have made. Um, we named one made by Sucker Punch. The main character from that game is in this game. Infamous. Yeah, the main character from Infamous. Oh, Cole so the is in this game. So they're like newer characters. I was going like retro traditional. I guess way no. back when. So Cole McGrath has two characters. He has good Cole McGrath and evil Cole McGrath. Weird. Um, are any of the Uncharted characters in there? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is this type of game? I, I don't want to play it. So uh, Nathan Drake is in this game. Uh, is this so Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man is not, but we talked about God of War. Yeah. Is, so There is are two characters from God of War in this game. Kratos in there? Is, um, is Ares in there? Is... Zeus nope. in there. Zeus is, is in there. Zeus was okay. downloadable content for the game. Yes. Um, are there any characters from the Soul Calibur series? There are not. But think there are other fighting game characters in this game. Tekken characters? Like, yes. Okay. Is there King? Is there Ken? Nope. nope. Is there, uh, what's his name? Yoshimitsu? Nope. Uh, think okay. like core the PlayStation. So Hayahachi's in this game. Really okay. Are. So think about shooters that are exclusive to the PlayStation. Killzone. Killzone. So Colonel Raddick from Killzone is in this game. Absolutely. I didn't, even, I didn't even know his name. I just knew him as the Killzone guy with the two eyes. Think about a dog, a, a particular rapping dog that I talked about earlier. A rapping dog? Yeah. Scooby-Doo? <laughs> <laughs> Roll, That's no, not the uh, right answer. Is it... Um, Parappa the Rapper. Oh, never, never even heard of it. These are, these are way too classic kick, for me. Kick, kick. Punch! You've never played Parappa the Rapper? No, man. I'm going to add there's that no to guns. the list of games there's that I'm going to make you play at some point in life. There's no gun. This has become a list of like games that or the characters that no one wants to play as. Okay, so I'll go through the ones that we've missed. Before um, so, that, guaranteed, like a bunch of the crew on our Discord are like going off. They're like, oh, why don't you guess this one? Uh-uh. <laughs> so if you guess any of them, be honest, spit it on the Discord. Everyone that guesses one of the J- ones that Jacob's going to mention without searching... I'll give him a shout out next podcast. Whoa, big okay. But well, they here ha- you, go. you know what? This, everyone's going to search and like list all the ones I missed. But I'll, I'll, I'll be able to decipher who's honest and who's not honest. So you missed thirteen characters that were released on the game uh, 
and some of them are first party. So let me start with the first party games. You'll never get Emirate uh, Graves from Starhawk. Nope. Um, but Fat Princess from the Fat Princess games. I don't know if you remember that downloadable title on the PlayStation 3. Nope. Um, Gravity Rush has Cat and Dusty. Nope. Um, that was downloadable content as well. Um, Raiden from Metal Gear. Oh, you said Snake, my favorite but Metal Raiden Gear character. was in the game. My yeah. favorite Metal Gear character. Literally, I played uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, and he was like the main character pretty much. Uh, Sir Daniel Fortesque from Medieval was in the game. Okay. Uh, Sackboy from Little Little uh, Big Planet was in the game. Cool. Um, okay. Spike from Ape Escape. Again, we're staying first party to yeah. start. Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. Ah, uh, Sweet Tooth. Okay. Uh, and, and then it, they actually had some uh, th- some third party characters in it as well. So Big Daddy from Bioshock was on the game. Whoa, um, that's pretty cool. Dante from uh, DMC Ta- Devil May Cry. So the cool. um, Game developed by the Heavenly Sword people. Hakim uh, Hakim's probably going crazy, yelling at me to say to say him. Yep, Isaac Clark from Dead Space, um, Noriko from Heavenly Sword, and then the final one is Toru Toru Inu um, from the Doko Doko demo. Is- Isio, you tried, you tried. I tried real hard, <laughs> but that is the entire roster, and that leaves the uh, left behind quiz corner in the dust. Oh man, that was the most. I felt never felt so battered in my life. <laughs> well, maybe next time you enter the quiz corner, you'll come out a little more unscathed. Next time, n- tell me to name all the Super Smash characters. Now, I could probably do that one. We'll Nintendo. be here for a while, but you, you'll probably get it done. Waluigi. Uh, wrong. Damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, so, yeah, that, that pretty much covers it, I guess, for me in terms of uh, Sly Cooper. If I was to give my kind of final thoughts, I'd say... You know what? It, it it did age really well. It's one of those things where it's like you remember it as a good thing. Maybe don't go back to it. Just keep those memories pure and honest. If you were going to play it, maybe check out the Psycho Cooper 2 or 3, as Jacob was mentioning. Um, but, yeah, it's it's something definitely you shouldn't really leave behind. You should maybe get a glimpse of it by playing any of the other sequels. Jacob, how did you feel? About Sly Cooper. Um, I kind of feel the same way you did. I, I wasn't a huge fan of, like, I remember Sly Cooper so fondly, like, tied to my memories of buying a PlayStation 2, being such a dumb kid, trading in so many good Super Nintendo and Nintendo games, Nintendo 64 games to make it happen. But I did. Um, I would say if you're interested in Sly Cooper, don't play the first game. Maybe just watch the cutscenes on YouTube and then go directly to the second game because from my memory, and maybe at some point on the podcast, we'll play through the second or the third game. Uh, the second and third game were much uh, more varied from a gameplay perspective and much more fun to play. So uh, leave Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus behind, uh, but do not leave the Sly Cooper series behind. Well said, well said. Um on our Twitter, uh, which you can find at Left Behind Club, uh, I asked the question out to the community of people that listen to the show. And one of our past guest hosts, uh, my younger brother, uh, Jared McCord, who's a big fan of the uh, series of games, had asked a question to you and me. So I'm going to ask that now. Is it true that Murray is the biggest ladies man in the whole Sly Cooper universe? Thoughts? Oh, I don't know. I think I think one of the terms that Sly said was like he's half like friend. He's he's part time like driver, full time burden. Um, <laughs> I think that was a direct quote. So I don't think we touched on it, but like the voice acting, I guess the script for the game in general was so well done. There's a lot of small, quick little comments that kind of added so much flair and like pizzazz to the game where it brought it to life. It seemed like these guys were a group of buddies just sneaking around, like not really causing too much harm. Yeah, stealing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but no one's really getting hurt except for the bad guys. So 
yeah, that, like, and to answer Jared's question, like, I don't know. I don't know if there's really a ladies' man that's more burdened than anything <laughs> like that. So I, I don't think he is. I think Sly still wins. He, remember, he placed a kiss on Carmelita Fox in the end, and she was trying to arrest him. And then he left her cuffed up to um, the railing to make his escape. So he he made it very kinky in the end there by adding the handcuffs. But oh, yeah. uh, we're we're a PG show, so I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. I think Bentley is more of a ladies' man. I'm I'm Bentley, and I'm I'm a ladies' man. He reminded me a lot of like Steve Urkel. Yeah. And you know exactly what happens in Family Matters when Steve Urkel realizes he's smart and he can make himself handsome and beautiful. He becomes Stefan Urkel. So maybe in a future game, I don't remember offhand, Bentley will take his smarts, make himself a little bit more appealing, and uh, become the greatest ladies' man in the Sly Cooper universe. Yeah, 100%. He's got the smarts. So I can, I can, I'm leaning towards the, the Bentley thing too without leaning on the easy one of Sly being the ladies' man. And maybe we'll find out more uh, if the Sly Cooper television series ever makes it to air. I'd watch that. Yeah, so there uh, supposedly it's coming starting like this year. There's a TV series that has been in development for a long time. There was a movie; it got canceled. Now there's a TV show by a Hong Kong uh, animating animation studio. Um, I think it's called PGS. Uh, I think they were going to do like a 52 uh, episode order. Um, we'll see what happens. I would love to see a Sly Cooper cartoon. Yeah, man, let's get it done. So that's the show, folks. Uh, that was the Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus uh, by Sucker Punch, played by your fine friends here. You can find me on Emmertati on most social media platforms and Emmertati.com. You can find the Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club. We also have a big giant button on that site to join our Discord channel where you can get start chatting with some of the crew that we have on over there. Jacob, where, where can the fine folks find you? Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at Jacob McCourt on all major social media platforms as well as jacobmccourt.com. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind.